Hi, welcome to One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories. I'm Dave Spannenberg. I hope you all had a good week. This week, I'm going to talk a little bit about metal detecting clubs, and specifically the club that I'm involved in. It's a pretty lighthearted group, and there is basically no structure. Uh, we have a lot of fun. It's kind of sometimes weird, but it's uh, over the last... 30 years, it's just a group of guys that uh, get together, we do some hunting, we drive around, we eat sandwiches and have some beverages, and uh, just twice a year we get back together, we're scattered all over. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I, I plan on uh, sharing some stories and, and the dynamics of our club. I'm from a small town in upstate New York named Johnstown, and when I was in college, my family and I moved to an even smaller town called Fonda, and Fonda is on the Mohawk River and is an area that is rich in Iroquois Indian history. Um, the Iroquois were indigenous to upstate New York, and there were five tribes. There were the Seneca, Cayuga, Onondaga, Oneida, and Mohawk. And we sat right in the middle of the Mohawk area, right on the Mohawk River, as I said before. So about our team, and this is, uh, we aren't serious. We used to go detecting together a lot, very regularly, even sometimes every weekend, 20 years ago. But since people have moved out of state, um, we grow old, we have different focuses, we have children, but we always have gotten together at least once, sometimes twice a year to have a group hunt and we call ourselves the Longhouse Treasure Hunters and Amateur Archaeologists. And basically being in an area that's, that's steeped in Indian history, we thought it would be fun to pay homage to that. And Iroquois tribes lived in houses that were called Longhouses. And there are some protected sites in the area of where our club originates. And there are actually some sites where they've found the remnants of some of these longhouses. And so all being, um, you know, interested in the history of our area, we decided to call it the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. And I'm sure that was a name that my father came up with, but I, I'm not sure of that. But so to introduce our group, I'm Dave Jr. and I'm the team leader. We have Dave Sr., who's my father. We have Mark who's a past team leader. We have Larry, who's a past team leader. We have Bill, who's the team treasurer. And we have Barney, 
who's my brother and only goes because he likes to have adult beverages. He isn't a very big metal detector and probably wouldn't even go if I didn't beg him. And we have Ed, who is my father's friend from 50, 60 years ago, and they've been detecting together since the early 80s. They're the original two, so to speak, the founding fathers of the Longhouse Treasure Hunters, or as we we call it, the LHTH. Um, my family owns a screen printing company, and we have, or I have so many hats, jackets, t-shirts that have, we even have our own logo, and it's a LHTH logo with a with a guy metal detecting, like a stick figure metal detecting. But so that's the players. Um, I'm the team leader and these people are all over the place. And I kind of just keep the thing going because everybody else is pretty lazy and just wants, uh, wants it all handed to them. So I'm the one guy in the group. There's always that one guy in the group that organizes events and make sure the permissions are in place and I even do membership cards and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, we do have dues. Everybody pays, I think this year was $30. There's seven of us and we use that when we, we have our trips. Um, Bill, our treasurer comes up with categories and fun stuff you know there's categories most silver or sometimes most memorial pennies which larry always wins and all different jewelry and and uh and then comes up with some really nice prizes that he buys with our with our dues usually uh silver coins or little canister little tiny canisters of gold flakes or something that's not worth a whole lot, but it's still kind of neat. So how do we get to these locations when we're all together on one of our big group trips? I should probably tell you um, they're pretty cyclical, these trips as well. We have one big event every May that we call the Dave's senior birthday hunt, even though his birthday is two months earlier in March. But I think we decided to do that because the ground was always frozen in upstate New York in March. So that's that's our big one. And whatever day in May it ends up on, we pick someone from Wikipedia who has a birthday on that day. And then we call it the in honor of um, Hulk Hogan first annual birthday hunt. And we make t-shirts and it's all quite ridiculous, but we love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then Black Friday. Every year for 35 years, we've had a Black Friday hunt until the last several years. Um, it's either been too cold or, like I said, some of us moved to different states. In our group, we have several folks who still live in upstate New York. We have New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Florida. 
So we're sort of scattered. It's really hard for us to uh, all get together, but we try to those two days. Um, for the annual birthday hunt in May, we generally are able to to get everyone organized. So you probably wonder, or maybe you haven't wondered, but how do we get to these team hunts? We all meet at one location in Fonda, New York, and we have a, Dave Sr. has a Volkswagen Eurovan, and we all pile in that. It's uh, techno blue metallic. So anybody who, it's very memorable, let's just say. And if you saw this van pull up somewhere and six guys get out and grab metal detecting gear out of the back, you'd remember it. It's quite bright. Um, and we, inside joke, we refer to it, we all refer to it as the gray lady. Um, no, it's not gray, but that's what we've called it for 20 years, more than 20 years, probably. It just died. It was 20 years old. It was a great little van and it was, it was fun. It made a lot of trips up and down the Mohawk River corridor for sure. Um, a lot of trips to small towns, to metal detecting parks and schoolyards, churches, granges, um, you know, a lot of small, we had so much fun stopping in, in these little towns and that's part of the fun is the camaraderie and stopping in, in little towns and I mean, just stopping in a sub place and then sitting out somewhere in a park and having having lunch um just talking to people that you haven't haven't seen in a while and that everybody loves metal detecting and we we just use these times to catch up and uh share what we've been doing but we do detect as well it sounds like we probably don't detect much and it probably isn't as serious as when i go out on my own and i'm walking around at, at one of my one of my permissions and I'm more serious about it but we still we do detect um most of the time anyway we are fond of stopping for food and drinks and 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 things but we have uh oh another another aspect of the group is every year we have a contest. It's a year-long contest, January 1st to December 31st. And this, it's actually, we're just getting ready to, uh, to do this. I'm a little late, but I send out an email and all seven of us pick five things that we expect to find in the next year that we don't think someone else will find. And then they're all sent to me anonymously and I, I compile the list. And in the end, there's th a list of 35 items. And then we all have a year to find as many of those 35 items as we can. So for example, this year I found 22 of the 35 things and someone else might've found 15 of the 35 things and someone else might have found 34 of the 35 things 
Um, but it's pretty cool, and whoever finds the most wins, and we do a first, second, and third. Um, this is really actually one of the most most fun things we do because then we can share what we're doing. We have certain members who are a little tight-lipped about their progress throughout the year because they don't want to incite someone to go out and hunt harder or hunt more to try and catch up. But it's a neat way to kind of keep in touch with what we're doing. And at the end of the year, um, like I said, we had a first, we have a first, second and third place. Um, you know, we, we use our dues to buy a little whatever for, for that. Um, usually silver, some sort of silver denomination. Um, nothing worth much, but just kind of cool to get, get an award. And then there's the find of the year, um, which there's a plaque and a, and a bigger prize. And that's, that's, uh, that's fun. We've been doing that for years. I think I won find of the year in 1994 was the last time I won. Um, I don't know if that speaks to my ability, but who knows? I had a pretty good year this year. I found a 1787 Massachusetts one cent and I found several gold rings so hopefully I'm in the running at least um, if not someone must have found something pretty good but yeah so we tally them up and then at the at the gathering in May the birthday hunt um we hand out awards to, for, we hand out those awards. And uh, so that's kind of the club I'm involved in. It's it's sort of loosely run now since everybody's around. Um, and I'm pretty confident that no one would even care too much about it if I didn't keep it going. But I love it and it's fun to drag everybody back into these things and and so as long as uh as long as everyone is alive i'll I'll keep trying to keep it going and uh yeah so yeah so hunting hunting in groups is a lot of fun, and it's not my preferred way to hunt except for when I'm with those guys but some people, some people love it. There's online groups you can join. Like I said, there's uh, this event in New Hampshire called Bone, Best of New England, where people come in from all over. There were some people from uh, International that came in, uh, I think, last year before, before COVID. And uh, they have seated digs, and they have natural digs, and they have cookouts and parties, and then they have you know, some fairly famous, well-known detectors come in. Um, KG and Ringy came one year. I think Aqua Chigger came a couple years ago. You know, names that probably only metal detectorists would know, but um, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. I have not gone yet. I was planning on going this past year, and then it was very limited uh, because of COVID. And so maybe, you know, maybe next year, 
we all get our shots and we all wear our masks until then and as long as we need to maybe we'll be able to go back and do that but another thing um that i recommend is if you are someone who likes to hunt with people you know when when you're out throw an extra machine in your car or when you ask for a permission um for permission on a property have an extra machine and and you know i used to i told you in the last uh podcast that i'll usually negotiate hey you keep this stuff i'll keep that stuff but um you can also you know ask them hey i have an extra machine do you want to hunt here along with me i'll teach you how to do it and and then you throw in you keep what you find and i'll keep what i find and um you know that's a that's an idea that that could be a lot of fun too so this is the end of episode two of one more dig metal detecting stories and next week i'm going to spend some time talking about the xp dais which is my number one go-to machine i'm not going to get extremely technical i don't think i'll ever get very technical about set you know machines um i don't want to explain conductivity and and that type of thing um i'll just go through the the simple one two of how i use it and um what settings i use for different targets and give you a rundown of all the different kinds of things i found with it um i'm a big fan i bought it four years ago and I can't I can't say too much about how much I like that metal detector. I hope some of you use the dais and I hope those of you who don't will still tune in um to hear a little bit about my thoughts. So thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been one more dig metal detecting stories and I'm Dave Spannenberg. <laughs>